Welcome to another episode of Language for Liberation. It's your boy OG Baca, aka Bukhari Ibrahim, uh, here with my illustrious uh, philosophical co-host, Mr. Barrett Holmes Pitner, uh, back to discuss another word, um, another phrase to get us through and uh, help us uh, become liberated. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, just just another day. Yeah. How's your week been so far? Oh, my week. My week's been. My week's been pretty good. I, I am in the middle of writing a book, so that that puts you in a weird headspace because you know book book writing takes up a lot of mental energy. Yeah, I I can imagine, bro. Especially like amongst all the other things that take up so much mental energy uh, these days, I can imagine it's uh, crazy. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about our word this week. To, this week's word is moai which means a group of friends that support each other. Um, so tell us about the word, you know? How do you, why, the, why this word, why this week, why now? Yeah, man, I, I stumbled across this word sometime like earlier this year and I, it resonated with me because it reminded me of like stuff you would need to do in an Evtopian society. Like, like you know, to bring it back to my book, like with, the, my, my book that I'm working on, it's a lot about ethnocide. And I, I realized that the more research and writing and analysis I would do about ethnocide, if you just think about ethnocide all day, that doesn't really put you in the, give you the best disposition. You're not like the cheeriest person around. So I felt the need to find evtopian things throughout my day so that I could stay, you know, relatively sane i guess and moai was just one of those words and and this is like kind of funny but i've always really been intrigued about like asian cuisine and practices because asian people seem to live a real long time <laughs> like whenever you find someone that's 105 and still going strong that person lives in japan you know it's it's something like that and I always just thought like it makes sense to see what these people are doing because they they live long. And so Moai, this word comes from Okinawa, Japan. And so it immediately resonated with me because it, it kind of adhered to just like a longstanding curiosity I've had in, in Asian culture. Mm -hmm. um, and it came about at the time when I needed to find Evtopian things. And so one of the things about Moai that I really liked, and so what it is, is in, in Okinawa, parents will kind of like at a young age, get their kids and put them in like a group of five kids around the same age, and that'll become their Moai. And these Moais will last like 90 years, and it becomes like a supportive friend group that you just keep forever. And so those people are there for you all the time if you need financial help if you need you know and they, they'll meet once you know a couple times a week sometimes they'll meet every day um and just check in on each other it's just like a part of how they live is sustaining this moai which is a group of you know five six friends and you know it's it's fascinating to think that this social structure this moai helps people live longer because they don't have the stress that comes with having to deal with everything on your own or feeling that you're alone or that you don't have people to talk to, you know, all that kind of stuff that I think 
in America, our individualistic society, we all deal with on our own. You know, like if there's, if you lose your job in America, there's a very real concern that you won't have anybody that can help you. You know, there's no one you could turn to to ask for money. The government won't help you. You could get evicted from your house, all that kind of stuff. With the Moai, you don't have that anxiety. You know that there's four people that are going to help you out if you need it and that you'll help them out and that they're there forever. So it creates a, 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 just a nice social safety net that turns out to increase people's longevity and their quality of life. And I really like it. And when like the word Eftopia, it means sustainable good place. So a Moai seemed like a sustainable good place. You know, this is a really interesting word to me because I was thinking about how in the United States, much to like you said, how do we like support these groups of, uh, these structured support groups or where do these support groups manifest themselves in our individualistic society? And as you were speaking, I was thinking about, you know, what do you call these groups? Because when you said that a Moai was now a structured group where like families like put these people together and then they know each other for like the rest of their lives, that kind of changed the dynamic of how I was thinking about the word. You know, at first I was thinking about just like a group of friends that like the, like the show friends are like living single, just friends together. But now when you say it's like a structured group, I started in like how they support each other or they might uh, help them climb the career ladder or financially. I thought of like, um, practices such as susu where like families like put their money together and then like pass it around and use it to pay for their bills and things like that. Uh, I also crossed my mind um, thinking about like ideas of brotherhood and sisterhood within the black community, you know, how we strive for um, in some groups, you know, sororities and fraternities, which are very much the same groups that would help you, you know, move through, uh, you know, climb the corporate ladder or just be successful in this society. But then on a much lower level at like, um, for those that don't make the college or not on an educational level, gangs. And <laughs> yeah, know, coming together and, you know, to protect themselves amongst the community against the ills of the community, or really a lot of them are, most gangs um, in the black community are rooted against fighting white supremacy or fighting the structures or coming together to support themselves against the structures that are opposing them which in a lot of instances is white supremacy, the United States government, uh, et cetera. So how, how do you see like group Moai manifested today? Or where do you see like it comes out in today's society? So, you know, I, th I think America is structured in a way for there not to be Moai, just due to the fact of how much we encourage people to move throughout across the country for their jobs or whatnot, you know, like having a Moai in Okinawa for 90 years, like you, you have that because a lot of people stay in the same town or, you know, they don't go that far. They can, they can keep those, those bonds. And so like, I, I definitely think the U S and all people have that desire for uh brotherhood, sisterhood, like a group of people that they can rely on, you know, and have good friends. That's, that's a, that's essential. I think the important part about Moai is that it's intentional. Like it's, it's a known, like there's no coincidence. We're not just bumping into this person and then they become our friend. And then this person becomes our friend and da, 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 da. It's no, like we're actively making this friend group. 
because we know that it has this purpose. And, you know, fraternities and sororities are, are similar, but MOIs don't have gender as, you know, the, the dividing line. You, you know, MOIs are like men and women, but you can create the closest equivalent in the U.S. just by, like, there's this group called Blue Zones, and I think this might be where I heard about it. It was this, it's this organization that went around to see where people live the longest in the world, and one of them was Okinawa because of MOI, and so they've tried to create, you know, MOIs in the U.S., which are just like walking groups. Well, they'll just find people in the same town and say, hey, this person's your buddy, and these these other three people are your buddies and you guys should just get together once a week and go on a walk and just talk and, and form that friendship. And so I think there's definitely the desire to systematically make it, you know, the, we don't have the philosophy that helps people feel comfortable intentionally making it. I think we want this narrative that it should be kind of organic and just natural. And that's not necessarily the case. And and also, we haven't been doing it long enough to have the data have come back and say, hey, this helps you live longer. Look at this Look at this thing. Like everyone that has these MOIs lives to be 90 plus and blah, blah, blah. Like you have to do something for, for 90 years to have that data show up. <laughs> and, and America's barely old enough to do that, you know, to have three iterations of MOIs, you know. <laughs> but I, I will say for, for myself, at a personal level, like when I moved to DC, I very intentionally made a group of three friends that I would hang out with all the time. There was no, there wasn't like, I just ran, like I definitely randomly bumped into them, but it was these people are going to be my core group in DC. Like I met, I met them. I'm making a group of four people and we're doing all of this stuff together. And we did. And one of them moved away. And it kind of like, you know, that's what happened. But for a while, we had like a, a cool little Moai for, I don't know, about a, about a couple of years. That made me think about something you mentioned is made me think about like how our environment kind of fosters Moai. And we've touched upon this in previous conversations about like how, um, the architect, even the architecture of our spaces allows for people to come together or the, or lack thereof or not come together. Right. And how our environment and our community culture of Mawai, of building a structured group like this is based around those societal norms. Do you think that the need for Mawai today, like I'm talking about like 2020 in the age of like quarantine and like COVID-19 and also like everything that's going on in the world right now, or just like different discussions. How does Moai fit into our lifestyle? Or how do you envision like Moai taking, moving us towards that utopian space? Yeah, so COVID definitely complicated things uh, for like interacting with other people and various other, you know, financial complications and whatnot. I, I guess that, you know, the key thing is if you have a Moai, it requires effort, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that you, that just sustains itself and you are just like a casual participant. Like, no, no, you actively sustain it. You have a philosophy that sustains it. So if, if COVID happens and you can't physically meet with your MOI and go on a walk like you 
used to do, there's now going to be an obligation to figure out something else. You know, it could, it could be that you do, uh, you have a Zoom chat with everybody or you, you guys make sure that you social isolate so that you can still do your collective walk, something like that. But like COVID is not going to be something that would end it or not. Like if, if you wanted the Moai to end, you could end it at any given day because it only exists because of your action. So, so it's just with the means because the intention is to make it work or the intention is to live this way. So you'll find, you'll find a way to make that happen. Yeah, you'll you'll adapt. It's just like I'm sure when these moais that have lasted ninety years, the the stuff they did to sustain it when they were in their twenties are vastly different to to the things that they're doing in their seventies to sustain it, and the needs that they needed when they were in their forties are not the same needs that they needed when they were you know in their teens. So it's like there's not it's not stagnant. It's not fixed it's the only fix is that you have a philosophy that says sustaining this is beneficial for my well-being and so i'm going to sustain it and i'll sustain it to the degree that my i'll i'll create a moai for my kids and then they'll do the same thing and then da 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 you know and it, and it keeps on going so yeah covid's definitely an annoyance no doubt about it but if you have a philosophy and practices that you believe help sustain you and keep you healthy, then you just adapt them to the environment and just keep on trucking. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. Something that just came to mind was, you know, kind of thinking of Moai on both sides of the court. You know, we're kind of, we kind of been focusing on Moai as like the, from an underdog level, you know, as, as, you know, those trying to achieve. And I'm also thinking of, at a high level of the at the oppressor class of the at at the high society of America, how Moai is kind of used all the time. You know, this isn't a practice that is foreign to people because when you think about you know wealthy families and the connections of wealth in the United States is something that's been practiced and actually in the world is something that's been practiced for very much a long time. You know, we start thinking about arranged marriages and how families come together and how they relate to each other. Um, even in the black community and the Latinx community um, through different practices and things like it's definitely, you know, a practice throughout different communities. But I, I like what you're saying about requires effort because it means that it has to be totally involved in the community or, or like the mutual aid has to be what everyone wants. Yeah. Or what the practice is. So this is like a weird example, but I, I think in the East and in, in Asia, they have a, a, a capacity to get regular everyday practices um, and put a lot of thought into it and turn those practices into like an art that makes it even more effective than what we do. I think probably the best examples is, uh, is, that Mar is Marie Kondo, where you know, she's not the person who invented folding clothes, you know, but she took folding clothes to another level to show how folding clothes and, and putting this type of thought and applying this methodology to it can improve your life. And now people who have been folding clothes, their clothes forever, are trying to fold it in the Marie Kondo way so that they can get like a more fulfilling life as they do something that is pretty 
basic to life. And so, yeah, if you look all throughout the world, everyone, all groups, all, all individuals make some sort of social group. And I think the, the thing about Mawai that was interesting is how holistic it is. Like if you talk to people about like, you know, if we say like rich people, rich people have social groups for the main goal of like keeping their money within those spaces. That's, that's kind of it. And there's no ambiguity about that. Like, and if you aren't a rich person, you are encouraged to find a way to get into those spaces so that that circular flow of money now involves you, (laughs) you know? And so it's not a narrative necessarily on longevity or being healthy. It's about just making sure you have enough money. And that can very well mean that you have a whole bunch of horrible friends, but they're friends that give you money. And, you know, and I think American parents set their kids up with on play dates and all this kind of stuff to try to ensure that they have like a support group. I, I think the with Mawai, the holistic component where this support group you do, it covers so many facets where it is financial support, but it's emotional support. It's it's and it's an ever present support that you can use to you know, your it influences your diet. It influences how you exercise. It influences just like your whole way of life, and you consciously know that that's what you're embarking on from like a kid till you're dead. Like that's pretty profound and very sustainable. And the whole purpose is to sustain that, so that, and you know, it's the the idea that it, by sustaining your moai, you sustain yourself. And then coincidentally, or not coincidentally, you end up living longer than most other people on the planet Earth. Pretty cool, you know? And I, and, and I think also a, a key component is that the barometer for how to say how this is good is the quality of life that you have. Not the amount of money you have or the neighborhood you live in, but just the quality of life. People, they have less health problems. They live longer. They seem happier, all that kind of stuff. I think that's quite key. <laughs> it makes me think how much the lifestyle we live slowly just eats away at us. <laughs> it's ethnocidal. Like right. we, li- we live in a place that's, that's devouring us and we just don't know any other way to live. And so that's, yeah. that's why I spend time when I have the time thinking of like Evtopian stuff and what that would look like to counter ethnocide. And why seems to be one of those things. I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, awesome. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Fantastic, man. No, this is this another good one. And in Maui, there are places on the earth that have figured out, you know, healthier, better ways to live. And having a good group of friends that you can rely on for a long time is just one of them. And so, like, make it into a like an art and not like some casual endeavor. And it looks like you'll probably live an extra 10 years. <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> You know, as we close, you know, I want to remind everyone that you can join our Moai, the Sustainable Culture Labs Moai, um, our support group of creatives, of philo- philosophical people, and just people looking for change. And you can really contribute to us right now by participating in our Altars Festival and our Altars program, you know, by building an altar 
uh, and sharing uh, memories with us of our of our ancestors in our community. Uh, so if you'd like more information on that, you can go check out scl.community on Instagram and also scl.community online uh, on our website. Yeah. And also, you know, feel free to, if you want to support SCL, you can always uh, join our Patreon or, uh, you know, support directly on the website so that we can keep on doing uh, the work that we're doing. Awesome. Well, with that being said, you know, this has been Language for Liberation. Uh, our word this week has been why a group of friends that support each other. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Later.